Hello and welcome to the Taylor and Stephen podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Boriesi, and with me I have Stephen. Hey, Stephen. Hello. How's it going? It's going pretty good. (laughs) It's going pretty good. Awesome. Yeah, it's going well for me today as well. I kind of want to discuss a subject that, you know, is near and dear to my heart about relationships. And, um, you know, I've been talking to a few people lately and uh, one person in particular uh, basically made made the statement, um, well, I don't. I don't think I want to be married. I I just want to be alone with God. I don't I don't need friends. I don't need uh, family. I, it's just me and God, and um, I don't really need anyone else. And I they were they were speaking out of a place of hurt, um, just because they, they had to have been. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, so I I don't I didn't correct them at that time, and I I still haven't corrected them. They're they're still hurting. Um, but now, is this is this something that happened with a relationship that they're in right now? Yes. Like I want to you know get to. Yeah. So it's it's because of something going on to where they're they're recoiling from relationships because of something that happened in one. Yes, that's exactly right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and she's hurt, uh, you know. And I'm not, you know, I'm not here to correct her right now and all that stuff. She, I, she's just speaking out of a place of hurt, so I don't I don't think she really believes those things, but. I have heard that statement before in the past with other people and I kind of, it kind of got me thinking about, you know, our relationships important and I kind of want to discuss that. Um, and so really the question that I have for you, you know, kind of kick off the conversation is how important are, and you know, we've discussed marriages, marriage in the past. So let's, let's just talk about friends. Let's talk about family members. How important are relationships to your um, health? How important are they in general and how does God view them? I think they're they're super important. Um, you know, there, there's obviously different levels of relationship. Marriage being higher, you know, with your parents, um, th- that's going to be lifelong importance. It's not really a transitory relationship like friends can sometimes be. Uh, but to have have relationships with people is is of vital importance to your life. And you can't really you can't do life successfully without good relationships. And you know, people are are predisposed. Uh, in some ways as to, to how deep they, they want to go in relationships, how many relationships they can have, uh, with friends specifically, how many good relationships can they have. Uh, but like anybody that says that they don't need anybody else really is, uh, damaged for, for whatever's going on uh, or something that happened to them previously. Um, even people that decided not to get married for the pursuit of the things of the Lord. Uh, which he said is not everybody, by the way. That's not like a higher calling to to uh, be with God and not be married necessarily. It says that everybody has their good and proper gift, one to get married, one to not be married. Uh, but both are gifts of God, not callings, not levels of calling. But so so predisposition to for the amount of friends that you can have, the depth of relationships you can have in certain numbers. Uh, but Really, everybody needs somebody. You can't go go through life alone. You can't be successful alone. And what what it becomes is coping mechanisms for for problems in relationship, as opposed to you know good boundary setting and good understanding of the relationships that you have and your expectations from them. Uh, that's my thoughts. What are your thoughts? I agree, and you know, I I would say this like. Uh, you know, even to go back to, you know, the garden, you know, it was not good for man to dwell alone. Right. And, 
it it is one of those things of um you know a, a, you know iron sharpens iron there's this there is this thing of having relationships in you know we we were we were designed to connect we were designed to not be alone we're no man is an island kind of thing and um you know as important as marriage is and it is very important but it's it's also you know important that you have friends uh brothers and sisters uh, around you that are just you know not even there for you just in your time of need but just surround you know, they help build you up and you all encourage each other you all sharpen you know, you minister to them and they minister to you and uh they encourage you you go have fun you know that those are all good things and I I think sometimes people can get into a place of of hurt or you know whatever that may be you know I don't know what the cause is but they just want yeah. to cut themselves off from everyone and that's that's just not healthy. Well it's it's it comes from a place of vulnerability. They don't know how to handle being vulnerable and not being uh taken care of or being hurt. They don't know how to how to be okay with that and still be vulnerable. So the right. coping mechanism part of it's it's a self-defense mechanism is, you know, this is what I have to do to protect myself. Um, the problem is that a lot of times people don't realize that the spiritual component is, you know, we, we have an enemy. And so something will happen. The Lord told me this uh, about my daughter is we would tell her something and it would upset her, usually just like something simple, like, no, you can't do that, or, hey, stop doing that. And she would have an emotional reaction, and she would want to leave the room to go talk about it. And the the Holy Spirit told me immediately when I first started seeing it happen that you need to at least keep her in the room with you while she's processing her emotions because – Somebody by themselves are are a lot easier. You know, the sheep by themselves are the one that the, the wolf finds easy to take out. Right. right. So if you're if you're not uh, in a like-minded group of strong believers, you are you are going to be weak to the enemy. Yeah. So, and what can happen is you you have this pain, and then this this spiritual entity enemy as well will come alongside, and you might not even realize that it's there. And it'll be like, oh, we're never going to let this happen to us again. And that's what it'll, that's how it'll say it is, you know, I, I have to be strong. I have to do this thing. I have to cut these people off so that they can never hurt me again. I'll never let these people hurt me again, or I'll just never let people hurt me again. And so that's a real danger that a lot of people fall into. And uh, the reason that they can't have good connections is because they're literally uh, deviled into a place where, they're trusting some something that hates them entirely and would kill them if they could to prevent them from having healthy relationships yeah, because you can't you know until you can overcome and and still be vulnerable but also you know capable of taking care of yourself uh then you know you're you're able to be hurt more easily and I'm sorry to keep going. The people that you care the most about are going to be the ones that are going to hurt you the most. And now a word from our sponsors, ourselves. We do Christian topics from a biblical, Jesus-centered perspective. That means that Facebook and YouTube aren't going to be putting our content in front of other people. So we're asking you for help. I'd like you to share this podcast with one person or just once on social media. Right now, even before you forget if you're willing to do that for us. If you feel strongly that people need to hear biblical truth, I'm asking you to give real money. We're going to use whatever you give 
to evangelize targeting people who aren't in church and aren't on my friend list or your friend list. You can give to our nonprofit ministry by going to stephenmcclelland.us slash give. Thank you for the support. Back to the show. You, you know, even to go further on that point, like um, me and me and my wife were talking about like this, and it's it's the things that I say to her that will matter, you know, so much more than anyone else. And um, it's even sometimes little like gestures or jokes, like, um, half truth jokes that I could make that could hurt her so much, but like a random person in traffic could flip her off. Right. And she wouldn't care. It would literally she doesn't care about their opinion. Yeah, exactly. It don't matter. And so, whereas mine is a, you know, just a bad joke, it hurts her so much and she's thinking about it for weeks, but yet something way worse at 15 minutes later, she's, she's forgotten about it. So, well, thank God she doesn't process it in a way to where she cuts herself off from relationship with you. Right. Because that would be, you know, it's it's like saying you're dead to me. Right. You, you know, they're, you're not actually dead, but it's that level of separation to where there can be no life there. Right. And, you know, she does confront and she brings it to me and, uh, hey, this hurt me. And we talk about it, you know. I, hey, yep. you know, and it's it's... You know, it's, it's one time, sometimes it's not the root of the problem and we have to find out what the root is, right? You know, because it, it always depends on, you know, it's a case-by-case basis. But, you know, to kind of further talk about uh, relationships, I want to go through a story uh, in John chapter 4. Um, and I, I'm going to start off reading. Are you, are you okay with switching gears here and going to John 4 about relationships? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So this is, uh, this is the woman at the well. And uh, I'm going to start off. Let's start off in verse 5. So he came to a city, so he's speaking of Jesus. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, asking a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Now, uh, I've heard this, uh, I've read this uh, uh, so many times before, and I, it never really clicked for me um, until recently. But this woman, we're going to read later, is has been rejected, right, many, many times. And you know she's she's had multiple husbands they you know divorce and by the way just to give context uh women didn't give, have the right to divorce at this time you know men could divorce women couldn't so she doesn't have the choice so when when we're looking at this woman this is a woman who's been rejected by multiple men throughout her entire years and so and what because you, she's there by herself by society as well right so she's out alone she is now talking to Jesus, and Jesus initiates a conversation and says, give me a drink. And what is her response? Her response is to reject Jesus. And the reason being is because she has been rejected so many times. It, it comes to a place to where she wants to reject others before they get the opportunity to reject her. She's thinking, well, she's, she's essentially rejecting herself on behalf of him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's it's... You know, strange how quickly you know she she has conversation because she's accepting. If you knew, 
you know, basically the gift of God. And, you know, going, going down this, it's, it's amazing to see how Jesus accepts her, meets her right where they're at. And it is one of those things of like, when, you, when someone rejects you right off the bat, that's not, that's not a sign that you've done something wrong. That's more that to me, I think that's more of a sign of how rejected that person has been. Right. There's be, definitely there, there is something there, right. That, that causes them, you know, cause that it's not normal for people to come out and reject people immediately. Um, yes, there could be cultural differences and things like that, but that's not normal place. Um, so it is just something I wanted to point out. You know, we could go down and, you know, Jesus, how he ministered to her, met her exactly where he's at. You know, go figure. Jesus knows exactly what he's doing. Um, but it is amazing to see how Jesus accepts her, and yet she has been rejected by everyone. And it's awesome. Yeah. And I'd like to, to talk about uh, the fact that everything that God does in the Bible is almost always collective purpose. So all the all the major themes, you know, Israel, Abraham and his family, just the, the redemption of mankind, uh, the church. He, he did things for individuals, but almost the entire time he's preaching and speaking collectively and with collective purposes, right? Right. And here, a great example that, and this has to do with relationships because, like, it just goes to show you how God deals with mankind is on it. It's it is an individual basis, but it's a mostly and in, in generally designed to be a collective basis in which God interacts with mankind. I know that's very contrary to to modern Christianity in several ways. And here's one of the ways that I want to talk about: What is the purpose of being filled with the Holy Spirit? People will say that is how you overcome. That is, you know, you've got that meme that says, oh, do you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? And then somebody says, honey, I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. And that can be true, depending on the circumstances of your the stress in your life that the Holy Spirit will help you <laughs> on your Walmart trip. And he, like he does, you know, he does do very individual, mundane, specific uh, things for me in my life and in my family's life. But the purpose of being filled with the Spirit is collective, and it, it wasn't for individuals. It, it was not for just individual people to be baptized with the Holy Spirit so that they could be changed. Yes, that did happen, but if you nothing, you have to use the Bible to interpret the Bible, right? Right. So, who was the first people uh, filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, the was it at Pentecost? No, yeah. it wasn't. The first people filled with the Holy Spirit were uh, the people that were designing the, the tent of meeting, the holy place. Are you talking um, about the, oh, you're talking about the blacksmiths in, uh, oh gosh. Well, that, they is, were they were designers, not just blacksmiths, but oh, yes, yeah, they, those yeah. were included. Yeah, okay, um, okay. So it was the people that were supposed to be building all that Moses was commanded to, to make the, the tabernacle, right? Right. And the people that were actually doing the building it never says that Moses was filled with the Holy Spirit, but the people that were in charge of building the, the the tabernacle were filled with the Holy Spirit. So you have it back in Exodus uh, that people were filled with the Holy Spirit. But it wasn't for individual purpose. It was for collective purpose for the people of Israel. Now, it says 
that you know you have uh, you not to be joined with a prostitute because you're the temple of God because the Spirit of God dwells in you, but it's actually talking about collectively the the body of Christ is the temple of God, not because you hear oh well you're you're the temple of God your body is a temple your body is a part of the temple contextually that is accurate an accurate statement that a lot of people don't realize that the purpose of the Holy Spirit was specifically for the building of the body of Christ for the for God to be able to inhabit and to dwell with them. And then you have the body of Christ. We're all different parts. We're all different pieces, but we have to come together to make it work. It's not just Jesus. So even one man that could have been able to do everything by himself, he was completely connected to his father, said he couldn't do anything without his father. And then he was connected with the disciples, and he's God. He could have done everything by himself, but that wasn't the design. That wasn't the plan. Uh, throughout eternity, it's all collective. And for eternity, you know, not eternity past, but from the entire history of the earth and God's interaction with mankind, it's always been collective purpose. So you, you shouldn't be doing stuff by yourself. In the body of Christ, your relationship with God, or you, you think there's going to be like separate places to worship God in heaven to where you're going to be the only one. It's just going to be you and him. Right, right. No, it'll be together. It'll be the body of Christ, the bride. Yeah. And you'll be you'll be singing together. You'll be praising him in unison according to the book of Revelation. That's good. They need to drown out how bad my tone is, you know, because I'm pretty, I'm pretty terrible at singing. So, you know, I think that's what the thundering and lightnings are going to be for (laughs) and the the sound of the hail and all that is going to be for me, for us. (laughs) Uh, Just to, to let everyone know where those scriptures are. Exodus 31 uh, is what Stephen was talking about, how um, the builders were filled with the Holy Spirit. uh, Exodus 31, three, and there's a few other places um, in Exodus, I think 28 and 35, but um, just for just for reference for that, um, so I I think that, honestly I, I think that's great about you know just how important relationships are, and I kind of want to dive I kind of want to dive deeper into that. So in the sense of what how how would you tell someone that how would you minister to someone that is um, you know struggling to find like minded people uh, you know that have a heart for God and and want to grow you know because here's here's something that I've seen a couple times in the past is um, you know and it's it's someone who all of their friends pretty much drag them down right and they they have no Christian godly friends and all their friends are um, well worldly people and they want to go out to bars or things like that and you know this person's trying to seek God and you know what's what would you recommend? You know, to me, I would tell them, "Hey, go find a church that's like-minded, and go join a life group." You know, that's that's kind of what I would I would say. You know, would you say anything different? I, I would say, uh, especially if you're seeking godly friends, which is so beneficial to have uh, like-minded believers or people that can sharpen you in your faith that may be a little bit more further along than you. Um, finding a church can be hard, though. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. there's there's not always a great selection, and then, you know, what if what if you're a young person and you go to a church and there's nobody your age, right, right, and, and so you essentially just like if if you look at in terms of a a marriage relationship, you had to put in work to actually to get to the place to be married. Every friendship 
legitimately requires effort and work. You do have to overlook things. I mean, relationships with other people, everybody's going to fail you and you're going to fail yourself. So even you being a friend to somebody else, maybe you're not going to do everything that you think you should be doing as a friend to them. So you have to overlook some things uh, and it, it's going to take effort. And if it's godly, godly people that you're looking for, you're pretty much going to find them in church or in Bible studies. They're not going to be in the bar. Uh, or if they are, you know, they're, they might not want to be in relationship with you if you're going to the bar to meet Christians. Uh, and I mean legitimate Christians, not people that, you know, their grandma goes to church and they go like a couple times a year. But like, I mean, people dedicated to following Christ right. and, and trying to live their lives in an acceptable way to God. Those people aren't at the bar all the time. Um, so effort, realizing that not every church you go to is going to have the the people for you, and that's okay. So it's it's a, a degree of self responsibility for you to continue, and you can also pray about it. You know, ask God to to bring people into your life, and they don't all have to be your age. You could develop really strong like mentoring mentee relationships. Like if you're a, a woman, it says that the older women are supposed to teach the younger women how to how to live life as a woman successfully how to handle their kids how to handle their relationship with their husband um you you have all those things that it, it literally commands the older women in scripture to be doing that for the younger women and like my wife has a lot of great relationships with with people that are older than her and she she gets welcomed along as part of the group even though they're all like advanced in age and in some ways wisdom and you know a lot of them have older kids or their kids are grown already and our kids aren't grown so you have those things to consider as well as to it doesn't have to be equal it can be them being further along than you but them being willing willing to be in relationship with you and that's a great benefit to you as well and then the other side of that is once you get further along, you can find somebody that looks like they need some help that you would be willing to not take under your wing, but maybe maybe take under your wing and help them along and develop a friendship with them over time. It doesn't have to be equal that way either. You can you can be a mentor to somebody. So at whatever stage you are, be looking for ways to connect. It, it also says for a man to have friends, he must show himself friendly. friendly. So, you know, if you're not putting yourself out there, uh, James said it. You have not because you ask not. So if you're not if you're not seeking it, and you're not doing your part in what it is to connect, like you're going to have less opportunities to connect and less friends and less strong friends compared to people that are willing to do those things. Yeah, and I would say this as well. Um, you know, just kind of coming back to even the law of sowing and reaping. Like if you uh, you know say say you sow giving and you're you're a giver. That doesn't mean you're going to reap friendships, right? Like you're you're not, you know. If you want to receive friendships, sow friendships. You know, be friendly. You know, and uh, you know maybe that's a bad analogy, but it's one of those things I, of. I think it's a great analogy. Yeah. So it's one of those things of sow what you're wanting to receive. You know, I I can't stress enough how many times like I've seen like the friendliest people have the most friends, and yet the people that are you know i would say um maybe prideful or rough maybe like a sandpaper person i you know everyone has uh, knows a sandpaper person um they they typically don't have a lot of friends right um and it's just interesting you know they they sew sandpaper and they don't they don't really show themselves friendly and they don't have a lot of friends 
Um, I mean, we've talked about this before about, you know, if you, if you think you are one of those sandpaper people or if you are somebody that has trouble showing yourself to be friendly, they're just skills. People skills yeah. are skills. The, the, the other people are just more practiced than you. They've been doing it for longer. So just, just do it. And if it doesn't work, then just keep doing it and, you know, learn to cope in a way. Uh, to with being vulnerable and being rejected in a way that does not separate you from people entirely because there there are so many people on earth that you like you know you're an individual you're unique sure but there are so many people that are actually like you and a lot of them are just not not moving forward in relationships and they think somebody else has to accept them entirely for them to be in a relationship. You could find the people that are like you and gather them all together and then create relationships. Right. Yeah. That's good. I, I think this is a good stopping point. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add? No, I'm good. Man, uh, you want to pray us out? Sure. Father, I pray that you draw people that are seeking relationship to you first so that they can they can be asking you in prayer and receiving from you because James said you have not because you ask not. And that's something that Jesus said consistently. So I pray that you would teach your people to pray about their relationships, having the relationships that they want, and that they would be ex- expect to be blessed by you and your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bye, everybody. <laughs>